Welcome to the next episode of Sports and Songs with your hosts, Dan and Andy. Today is December 7th, and we've got a good show lined up today. How are you doing, Andy? Doing well, thank you. Well, we're going to go over some good sports here in the sports segment, and we'll start off with the results of high school varsity football prep bowl 38 which took place last weekend half the games on friday half the games on saturday uh, and they had some pretty good turnouts and do you want to start off yeah uh, we'll Andy? go over the results here first mm-hmm. um we had a uh, mountain lake area beating hancock in the nine man 22 to 14 then uh the, the a single a Blooming Prairie mm-hmm. over Bold, 41-15. Uh, kind of a blowout. The other, I hate to say blowouts, but non-close game. Double A, Caledonia, 26-0 over Minneapolis North. And then the rest of the games were just right down the last second, literally on a lot of them. Uh, Perez over Dassel Calcato, 28-27, last play of the game. Recorio over SMB, 22-21. Again, that went down to the buzzer. And what is the uh, sorry? What does the SMB stand for again for the for the listeners out there? Oh, uh, that was St. Paul Academy, Minnehaha Academy, and Blake. Nice were those three. Um, Chask over St. Thomas Academy, ten to seven. Again, last play of the game, and then Wyzetta over Champlain Park, thirty-five twenty. Um, game was a little closer in that score, but the, again, a good game right there to end off their season. So, on our picks, I went four and three. I believe you were five and two. A little controversy on there in our pre-show meetings. Oh yes, you pre- had some names, and then when we went online, you changed them. But it was we, still before the game, we, so I let it fly. We had it in the pre-production meeting. Uh, we had this. Uh, we had, we had a little alter, uh, alternative uh, uh, controversy there, but that's how we ended. That's good. So this is our first time. We'll make sure to do that next time as well with those seven games. Put on our picks. See how well well we do. And this was once again another successful year at U.S. Bank Stadium Prep Bowl Thirty Eight. Yep, they had a good turnout there. You know, it was fun watching it. It's, you know, you watch it on TV. You don't see a lot of people there, but you hear the sound. It it sounds like it's a full stadium. So those kids really get into it. I know this had some for the schools because we had bad weather here in the cities that weekend. Couldn't get all the bus loads up, so you feel kind of bad for those schools who do their fundraising and that to to travel a couple hours to the cities couldn't make it. But still a great experience for all the kids. Yeah, it's fun. It really gets the fans involved for some of these uh, uh, smaller towns to bring their. Fan buses and when whatnot, and several several of these teams won first ever state titles uh, as well. So, hats off, congratulations to those teams. Uh, anything more for the for the prep uh, for high school sports? Um, not really. I know basketball is getting started up here. Uh, so, we'll, boys and girls, hockey is getting going. So, probably after the Christmas holiday, we'll start talking about them more, getting ready for their tournaments and as they come up. Wrestling Maybe. season kicks off too. Yep, I saw some of the, pre, the preseason rankings out for that. I don't get too excited about those high school or college, really, the preseason rankings. You never know. They change within two weeks all the time anyway. Um, really, the preseason ranking is how they finished last year plus who's coming up. It's a pure shot in the dark on it. But, yeah, like I said, we uh, had some games starting. I've seen a lot of uh, practices for the other teams, so it should be fun this year. Uh, Mid-February, I think, a lot of the tournaments start with wrestling and girls basketball, I believe, or yeah. girls hockey. Yeah. Starts mid February for tournaments for that right away. So, and then we're in full swing for March Madness in March of 2020 with the uh, conclusion of all those tournaments at that time. But this gets to be fun time of the year. There's also tournaments, holiday tournaments that take place around Christmas and New Year's uh, Eve and during that week off of school. A lot of those um, 
regardless of the sport it is, they've got some pretty good uh, tournaments in between that time, and we'll be covering those as well. Yes, we will. Hockey tournaments, a lot of those around Christmas time. Yes. Boys basketball has a lot around that time, so it'll be fun to watch college and high school, yep. Very good. Anything else then with that? Uh, I think that kind of sums it up for me at the high school end for this part of the Sounds good. All right, now we're on to college football, and we know the Gophers had their big game last week against Wisconsin that didn't end too well, but Gophers are still sitting for college football 10-2 and and will not be playing in the Big Ten championship game, which is tonight at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Ohio State, the number one ranked team in the nation, is taking on Wisconsin Badgers, and I believe they are a 16.5 point favorite. That's what I saw, yeah, 16. Wow, interesting. But the nice thing with this is now the Gophers are still going to be going to a big bowl game, but not the big, big bowl games. And how they how they run that is the Rose Bowl takes the best team in the Big Ten that that is not in the college football playoff series. And so Ohio State's ranked number one in the nation, which means they should have an easy time beating Wisconsin. Even if they lose, I still think that they're in the top four, which means they'll go into that playoff series. Yep. Uh, and thus ineligible to be the Rose Bowl, which means Wisconsin then will be in the Rose Bowl. Is that a lock, not or is really. that not yet? What I'm seeing on ESPN, they're projecting that uh, Penn State will be in the Rose Bowl against either Oregon or Utah, and they got Wisconsin going to the Citrus Bowl against Auburn. Ah, okay. I, I do remember now that the Rose Bowl takes the highest ranked after the AP and the coaches' role poll rankings come out, the highest remaining team left if Ohio State's in the tournament it will be the highest-ranked team. So if it's Penn State when the final rankings come out, then they will get the invite to the Rose Bowl, and Wisconsin will go to, for instance, that Citrus Bowl. So this will be interesting, and that Big Ten game is tonight. That's a night game. And starting at 11 today, these conference championship games are going going to be going on all day in, in football, all uh, all afternoon. And then the big, the big one tonight, the Ohio State-Wisconsin game. And once these games are done... We'll have the basically the final standings, and uh, then they'll be able to select who's going to which bowl games. Now, they can't do the selections for the bowl games until the college playoff committee selects their four teams, right? Correct. And so that's Sunday night. They will select and announce kind of a selection Sunday, like they do in basketball. But they'll select the top four teams and their associ- uh, and their uh, re- respective seedings. There'll be a one seed, two seed, three seed, four seed. The two will play the three, and the one team will play the four seed. And I think those are New Year's Eve games or New Year's New Year's Eve. Those are it depends on the the bowls. I think they go to the Orange Bowl and Sugar Bowl. They play that. So they play the semifinals, and then the uh, the winners of those play in the national yeah. championship. And I think that's January tenth or twelfth or something. Yeah, it's like a week effect. or two afterwards. Yep. So that'll be interesting. But once those college uh, the top four teams are announced and locked in. The rest of the bowl games will be able to uh, select who's playing who, and we'll start seeing those here, and the invites will go out. The Gophers will be, I still think, it a New Year's Day, possibly New Year's Eve game, but a, a high-caliber or a high-tiered bowl game, which will be huge. Which ones are... E- pers- ESPN's picking them to go to the Outback Bowl in Tampa on January 1st oh. against Tennessee. Ooh, the Volunteers. Or as Randy Moss would say, what up, Tennessee? That will be interesting. And are you going to be watching the game tonight, the Big Ten Championship, Andy? Uh, yes. I'll, well, I'll be recording it because we have a 
engagement with the family tonight, but we'll be watching it when we get home tonight. So don't tweet me or text me the results. Ah, exactly, exactly. I was hoping that the, the Gophers would have beaten Wisconsin and I would have watched that game. Right now, I may tune in. It, it's not going to be a, a serious thing for me to throw on that game. I got a feeling Ohio State will win. It should be pretty easy, but I'll probably have it on in the background. Uh, I'm interested in some of these other games that start at 11 today and at 2.30 and at 3.30. Um, all these conference championships take off. Now, that's all Division One. These are all Division One, uh, where they play the championships. Division, and not even Division Two. I'm talking the F, is it the FCS? Uh, North FSB. Dakota State. FSB uh, does not have the championship. They are already in their playoffs, and I think they yep. are in quarterfinals. Yep, they start that today. Um, so there's eight. There's, they got, they got uh, 32 teams, I believe. Okay. They got the first eight got buys, and they got the other sixteen playing, so that'd be a twenty-four team. Oh, I see. Um, so the first rounds are this weekend. Then you advance on to play seeds one through whatever. Buys and are the number one seed, projected to go all the way. Uh, South Dakota State, I believe, was a four seed, three or four seed. Um, they gave the Bison a good run this year. South Dakota State gave the Gophers a good run early in the season, if you recall. Oh, sure. At, at, at TCF in September, I think. So yep, yeah, one of the first games of the year. So South Dakota State's not a slouch team. Bison uh, set the record for consecutive wins, tied their own record of 33 straight wins, looking to break that in the playoffs of the first round of victory. Looking like their first round game will be against University of North Dakota, uh, so that should be kind of a fun game to watch. Never an easy game when it's a rivalry game in the playoffs like that either, so you can't take that for granted. But uh, Bison are looking strong. They should make the championship again. Bison ran away with all the postseason awards. Uh, First-year coach got coach of the year. Uh, rookie freshman quarterback gets offensive player of the year and freshman of the year. So just just a, a machine up there in Fargo. And these and that tournament is also a single elimination. You lose, you go home, your season is done. You win, you advance to live another day. And that is, uh, that is some good football uh, right there. And like you say, the Bison are projected to win it all. Yeah, highest seed gets the home game, except the championship game is always in Frisco, Texas. And what do they call that? Fargo South. Or, or no, it's the Stag Bowl. Stag Bowl, but it's referred to as Fargo South because Fargo's Fargo there South. all the time. Yeah, and those and those fans they book their tickets uh, for that championship game months, the next year. That the after month that in game, advance they book, yep. because they that's they already know the location, they know the date, and they're just assuming the Bison will be in it, and so they yep. just get their tickets. That's a that is, from what I've heard from people who've gone there, it's a blast. And if you watch the game, you'd think it was a Bison home game with all the colors in the crowd. It's it's incredible that they drive that distance. I mean, it's not like the school's just in Louisiana or Texas where it is. They're coming from Fargo down to Texas, and they fill that stadium with green and gold. And that's and that is Frisco. Uh, that is that is excellent. Now, relating to awards, PJ Fleck was named Big Ten Coach of the Year. Yep. So that is. And I think they're saying good. they kind of went back on some of that stuff. Uh, Winfield Jr. was Defensive Player of the Year, I believe, or was up there for it. Um, but they kind of went back when they gave the awards for P.J. The preseason picks had the Gophers finishing like fifth in the West. I've and seen here them, they end up correct. I've seen them winning it. finish sixth in a couple of the polls. Yeah, in just the West Division, just fifth or sixth picks, yeah. for the preseason. So the Gophers coming out of there finishing second, essentially officially tied for first in the West, yep. but losing the two tiebreaker. To Wisconsin, I did do think they want to uh, broke a record for number of wins in the Big Ten with seven. Right, but okay, here I'm going to be the old school guy. Back in the day, they didn't play that many Big Ten games, but 
a record's a record. The other side to that is, too, which makes it seem inflated, one could argue, is that we didn't play Ohio State or Michigan right. in the schedule this year. So we had a soft, one could argue it's a soft schedule, but a schedule nonetheless in the Big Ten is seven wins. That is a school record for one season. Excellent. Anything else for college college football? We'll have the results of these bowl games, I mean, the, uh, of the uh, championship games for next week's show. And we can also, by then, have a preliminary uh, you know, bowl uh, schedule and uh, possible projections for some of those predictions of those bowl games. I think the best part about the bowl championship series right now, in my opinion, is we're talking about the different teams that can make it the top four, maybe the five and six seeds sitting out. The best thing I like about it is you're not hearing the word Alabama. That's correct. That it's is nice correct. to see fresh blood in there, new blood in there. Not hating on Alabama, but just nice to see some other schools in there. And these games, too, will determine these games today will determine the final rankings in the AP polls and the coaches' polls. So those will lock in also because some of these, like we mentioned earlier with the Rose Bowl, will actually pick the teams to invite for their bowl game based on their ranking or finish in their respective conference. Good. That'll be exciting stuff. Should we jump on into pro football? Yeah. Um... One thing about pro football I noticed this week, I was watching some stuff on uh, the different outlets. Mr. Colin Kaepernick had a little, his tryout a couple weeks ago, if you will. And uh, again, he was running the show, which is good. Go for it. Kind of funny how Detroit's done like their third or fourth quarterback and they still didn't call him. They're taking guys off other guys' practice squads and no one wants to deal with Colin Kaepernick for whatever reason. Good player, I think. Great player. I got you know no issues with him as an athlete. It's just the circus and the clubhouse he's going to bring with him. But what's funny is that his tryout, his buddy he had come in as a receiver, got picked up by the Washington Redskins. I saw that. Uh, the receiver that he brought was, I think, just a buddy of his to throw the ball to, and he yep. caught a bunch of long, deep balls, some diving catches and whatnot. And by the time the open tryout was ended, this receiver, did you catch his name? Uh, no, I didn't. I had Jordan it. or Jesse started with a J, I yep. believe, walked out of there with an invite, a contract to join the practice squad of the Washington Redskins, which is irony at its finest. I think irony of uh, Kaepernick still does not have a job. He was the one who held these, what I would call an open workout that he initiated, him and his agent, I think, initiated. Uh, Colin Kaepernick is a free agent, really just without a job. And like you said, Andy, some of these teams could use a a backup or a third-string quarterback. And I think Kaepernick only wants to go somewhere where he is the starter. Right, that's kind of so an eagle thing on his limiting part, yeah. his opportunities, but even teams that have their quarterbacks injured or hurt or not performing well still are not biting on even hiring him at all. Right, and he, like I said, he's a good player. I got no He's got more athletic ability in his pinky than most guys have in their body, so he's a great athlete, don't get me wrong. But he's taken a lot of his personal beliefs, his personal this and that's, into the clubhouse, into the interviews afterwards. Leave that for your stuff afterwards. That's, you know. Yeah, once you're retired or out of football, you can do that all. But like he said, is that it's this baggage, and it's going to come along with it, and they've got to take that into consideration. A lot of teams do not want to uh, deal with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the receiver's name is Jordan Vasey, V-E-A-S-Y, <laughs> Jordan Vasey. So that's the guy on the Redskins practice squad now. And Now, I'm not sure how it works. If you're on the practice squad at the end of the year, Pretty sure you're going to training camp next year. You're going to get an invite to that. I don't know if this guy's going to go XFL, maybe, or some. If there's a European league or some kind of off-season league to keep going, but if you got an invite already from there, you might as well keep going. 
Well, that's a great, obviously he looked good in that practice warm-up. Now, I don't know uh, in this open tryout, this wouldn't have been for Washington to do this as some kind of a play or a gimmick to, you know, to sign this guy. They honestly wanted him on the right. practice roster. Right. Is it a way to get him on the roster to have a familiar face for Kaepernick next year if they invite him back? Uh, the that owner for the Redskins, I could see him doing that. You know, what's the Redskins' record right now? A uh, couple, three wins, I think. So they they're they're under five hundred. They're not going to be in the in the playoff right. hunt. So maybe it was to some extent to. Uh, they are three and nine right now. So yeah. Yeah. So that that's an interesting. It makes for a great great story though. Kaepernick going out of his way to hold open tryouts for all these teams to look at him, to possibly get signed and make the big bucks, and he leaves without anything. And his buddy who comes in as a receiver and walks away with a contract with the Washington Redskins to join their practice squad as a receiver. That is... Just think of the media circus in Washington. Oh. Everybody's got issues with the name Redskins to start with. They throw Kaepernick in that clubhouse afterwards. The media's going to have a field day with that team. That, that, a sports writer's dream would be to be following that team next year if Kaepernick went there. Yeah, it's it's an interesting scenario. Now, how about the upcoming games? The Vikings play Detroit this weekend. Yeah, you know, they got three of the last four games are division games. You know, Chicago won Thursday, so they're out, but not really. They're, you know, if the stars align right. But uh, the Vikings got three of the next four division games, and the other game is against the Chargers. The game against the Chargers has to be a little scary because what do they got to lose? And if you look at the Chargers' losses this year, they've lost a couple three on the last play of the game. They've lost a lot by a touchdown. So they're doing okay. That game kind of scares me a little bit. Um, the Packer game, that's never... I don't care what the records are. Throw the records out, as I say, when you play the Packers. And that last game of the year against the Bears. If we need it and the Bears don't, again, you don't want to play a team that's got nothing to lose that last week of the season. Correct. And the, and the Vikings, I've seen one projection that's saying that they could essentially win out, uh, meaning they could win their last four games. They're eight and three right now. Winning their last four would put them at 12, 12 and, uh, they're eight and four. Yep. So 12 and four. And I think that they'll probably lose one in the mix there. Even so that's 13 and that's 11 and five. Uh, and that's going to be sitting them in a good position. And that Packer game, which is the toughest game that they have is at home. So they could win that as well. And they play the chargers on the road. Yeah. And then, three like the last said, four at home. And I read a thing this weekend since uh, Coach Zimmer's been here, he's never won a game west of Denver. Denver and all the Colorado teams, or, I mean, California west. teams, Arizona, Seattle, he's never won a road game. And the quarterback cannot win nationally televised night games. And uh, He I did think that we, Sunday night game against Dallas. He did. Okay, and Monday so night's the issue. Monday night's the issue. And I think we've got a Sunday and a Monday coming up yet on the on the schedule. So... We can't take these games. Uh, I think the Chargers game is a, is a night game on the road in San Diego. And so that game could be flex though, I haven't heard yet. Okay. So this will be interesting to see where they finish. Um, They're showing the Chargers game as a 3 as a 3 o'clock game right now. Interesting. Okay. That uh, also makes sense. So some other good games here as we wind down the final four games of the season and playoffs will be ready to to go. Any any games this weekend that have weather impact, have you noticed? Uh, no. The Packer game is a Monday night game right now, too. Now, the Packer game last week had all the snow, and people assumed when watching the replays that it was in Green Bay, but that was in the Giants Stadium in yeah. New York with yep. the Met heavy Life. snow MetLife Stadium with the snow. And the MetLife Stadium 
if you remember several weeks ago, had the black cat. Yes. That had the black cat on the field that was running around. And there's an interesting tidbit of information relating to the black cat at that game. Since that game, Andy, do you realize that no NFL teams with cat names have won? That is correct. Since that black cat game. game and team nicknames that have a cat in them have yet to win since that took place. So for you suspicious folks... But you look at the teams this year, it's not really that shocking either. It's not that the shocking. The Bengals, the Lions, the Panthers, you know. Correct. It's a great, well, great uh, trivia question, though, nonetheless. Anything else for uh, for NFL, NFL football? Uh, no, that kind of wraps it up for me on that. Perfect. All right, next segment. Let's move on to baseball, Major League Baseball. Uh, or should we touch on the Twins? Twins. Well, let's do a little Twins notes here first. Twins notes first. Sounds good. And then good. we'll get into the whole all of baseball thing. Yeah, we've got some updates here in the hot um, stove league. C.J. Crone of the Twins, uh, first base, D.H. Uh, one of my favorite players helped me on fantasy baseball this year. Uh, the Twins did not offer him a contract this year. Uh, the Red Sox are looking to offer him some money. Uh, right-handed batter in Boston could be nice. Now, do they? Uh, was that a two-year deal? Was he, or did he sign for one year he, plus an option? It was and they one just, and an option, and then they and just declined. So, Crone, CJ Crone is out. Um, Zach Wheeler of the Mets. The Twins were looking at him. Um, Philadelphia offered him a little more money, uh, so he's going to Philadelphia five years, hundred and eighteen million. Hmm. Um, the Braves signed Cole Hamill from the Cubs for a one-year, eighteen million dollars. Braves are kind of that borderline team. They made the playoffs last year. Kind of looking for that veteran, crafty veteran. One more guy. Leadership. One year deal, not giving him a lot of money or a lot of time, just one year. And the Yankees, with their huge checkbook, are still looking at both Garrett Cole of the Astros and Steven Strasburg of the, this is hard to say, world champion Washington Senators. Nice. Yankees went, but you know, I guess it's all the Yankees keep buying all their players. They haven't won a title in what, 12 years? 13 years? So. Correct. You buy all the players you want and spend all the money you want and you still not need- make the World Series. I'm okay with that. You still need to get there. It's a long season. So that's the notes. I mean, not saying there's been other free agency signings in the Hot Stove League, but that's kind of the ones that Zach Wheeler deal to hear that you know, he was one of the players we're looking at, so I mentioned that. Um, Madison Baumgartner is still being looked at by the Twins. Nothing official there yet. And also on the Twins, Dick Brammer. You know Dick Brammer, the broadcaster? Yes. His son Eric has been doing broadcasting for the Australian Baseball League. They can catch on YouTube sometimes or on the Australian Baseball League Facebook page if you're Ever up at midnight or one in the morning, like I am, because I work overnight, so you can catch live Australian rules ba- or Australian baseball. Awesome. Now, is he broadcasting uh, in the booth for television or radio? I believe it's the television part. Um, Dick Bramer put it on his Twitter account, for those of you who follow Dick Bramer on the Twitter. He mentioned how he was in a hotel room somewhere watching Australian baseball, watching his son announce games. So Interesting. I did not know that. Dick Bramer, you can follow him on Twitter. Now, with C.J. Crone gone, who do we have for first base? Uh, they want to move Sano over to first. For, uh, as an idea or as an option or for, or for sure? Uh, I think it's a for sure because if you look at the playoff run and the other games are the Stone Glove, he has a third base, so let's put him at first or D.H. So, Sano, we could see him at first base this year, the big man. That's yeah. not bad. He's good defensively. Well, anyone over six feet at first base is a nice big target you want to have over there. He's big, and he can play the ball. I don't think he's ever played first base, though. I think he did a few times last year at the end of the innings, you know, last half of the game type of deal. End of the game. Okay. So he did. So that'll be good. That'll open up, then, third base. 
for the for the Twins. Yeah, and they're looking at some other guys coming up. I've heard some I names, but I know they're they're looking at a lot of players. I keep hearing a different name every week on TV. Now, as far as pitching, are the, you, you mentioned maybe Madison Baumgartner. Anyone else as far as a big name that the Twins could corral? That's the only name I've heard. I mean, there is other names out there you can corral, but that's the only name I've heard they've been talking to. That doesn't mean I'm, the Twins aren't fools. I mean, they made the playoffs this year, division champs. I'm sure they gave Cole and Strasburg a phone call to say they did. And I know they talked to Zach Wheeler of the Mets. So they're making the phone calls and trying, putting their name out there as being interested. If they want to open the checkbook and get some guys, great, but I'd rather see a five or six better than average players and one big superstar. Yeah, that's what I think we've seen that in the past. Rather than a big name player or two, which the you know Yankees pull out pull yep. out of their hat every year. The Twins may get some big name person and then a handful of some mid mid range guys for uh, money reasons, and they all and like this last season, they all turned out. Some so years they don't, but. The one thing with Baumgartner right now with Madison, I hear he's asking for a few years on it, though. I don't know if the Twins want to invest that much in it. But he's got three rings. He's got the experience. The unofficial player coach, then, when you got someone like that with that kind of experience, I think it'd be worth it. we got young pitchers. Sign them to three, four years. So, you know, left-handed pitcher, they're... What's, you know, these left-handed pitchers can pitch forever. Jamie Moyer did, though he was almost 50, for crying out loud. You know? So... Now, I also see that the Twins did sign Pineda. Yep. Two-year, $20 million deal to bring him back. He was the one uh, sat out half the season for a drug suspension. Which kind of, I think, hurt them a little bit in the playoffs because he was coming on strong. Mm-hmm. He was getting good uh, chemistry with the catchers. You know, they were really liking him. He was coming back from Tommy John surgery, I believe it was. And so he was getting it. He has weight issues. He was getting that under control. But, uh... I guess we found out what his, he had issues with, uh, was it the rehab medicine or something like that? It wasn't a steroid, but it was something that was considered a steroid that made him fail the test. Yeah, and I think, I agree too, that I think he failed it. I don't think he was purposely doing right, it dr- was. drugs, uh, but he got hung, swung up, hung up in the, or ensnared in the one of the banned substances that he was taking. And it is what it is, but he had to sit out half the season. And, but he'll be fresh this year, which this is good. what bothers me with the banned substance things. And I'll, I'm not trying to sound like, Anything bad on this, but a lot of the guys go back to Puerto Rico or Mexico in the offseason. They got different, their aspirin's not our aspirin. Their Tylenol's not our Tylenol. So they take it down there, they come here, oh, that's got the banned substance in it. They weren't trying to get an advantage, it just happened. It's, but on the flip side of that, you're paying these guys this many millions of dollars, educate them on what to take. Watch what they're taking. Don't let them go to their own pharmacy to get it. Have our team sending them what they need. So that's kind of a vicious circle there. I don't blame the player. He's just told he's supposed to take medication X. He gets it from the pharmacy down where he's, or wherever he's living in the off season. But they put something different in there, or he gets the generic version of it, or something. Now he fails the drug test. It wasn't an intentional, but you still got to suspend him. You can't say, "Oh, he didn't mean to." That's okay. Correct. You got to have the draw the line somewhere. Yep. And uh, I know the intent is to get the people that are taking the drugs or the banned substances. But what also happens during the year is a, a handful of guys get. Uh, tested positive for a banned substance that they either intentionally or didn't intentionally mean to take, and then it suffers. And, and I think the team suffers like the Twins in the playoffs. Yep. Could have used Pineda. Yep. Would we have won the World Series with them? Probably not. Correct. Could we have been more competitive? Yeah. All right, anything else for baseball? Um, a few rule changes this year. Oh, yes. 
Um, I'm not positive if these were all officially set in or if they're just going to kick around at meetings. Uh, some new rules. Pitchers must face at least three batters or pitch to the end of an inning. So it won't be just coming in, face a lefty, then a righty, lefty, and a righty. Mm. Um, also cuts down on the time. They're st- trying to do all these things also to eliminate the excess time that these games take. They want to have you list so many players on your roster have to be listed to you as a pitcher or a fielder or both. Uh, there's that one guy for the Angels that's both a pitcher and a fielder. So I think that they're trying to eliminate, okay, you can pitch a lefty, then we're going to put you in left field, bring in another guy, then you can come back in and pitch again. They're trying to eliminate the, that. The loopholes. Yes. Um, active roster size are going to increase from 25 to 26. Um, then in September, you can expand the rosters to 28. I think they're letting them go up to like 40 or something like that at the end of the year just to give pitchers breaks and everything else. They're trying to put a, a nip on that. And then, again, if you know a lot about baseball, you know the intertwinings of the rules and how to take advantage of them. If a player gets injured, you can wait three days ago. Oh, wait, he's on the injured list. We want to backdate his 10 days to four days ago. Uh, yeah, retroactively dated. Uh, I see. And so what they want to do is they want to change that for pitchers only that the minimum is a 15-day DL, not a 10-day DL. So they'll miss two games instead of one. For, for the starters, yeah, that's or two I starts. injured this, not disabled this, I'm sorry. So two starts instead of one because right now they'll bring them out if they're hurt, uh, place them on this injured list for seven days, which only impacts really one start, and they bring them back to, and it really doesn't impact them at all. Now it's on how you can call guys up from the minors because he's on the injured list. I can call somebody up. 15 days will put more of a hamper on some of those other sh- shenanigans. And uh, position players will still be a 10-day DL. Uh, your position players, that's 10 days, that's 10 days. Um, but like I said, they're trying to... I think things like that to speed up the game a little bit with the pitchers for three batters. Um, and also, it's the whole oh, call guys up from the minors and then you going to come up so many times from the minors and it's contract issues with that. They're trying to do some of that to uh, speed that part of the game up. But besides that, there's always a lot of hot stove stuff. I mean, every day you could watch it and read it and you see different names coming out. Um, fun to play, you know, quarterback GM on some of these things, but it's not my checkbook right in the checks either, so... Correct. It will get interesting here in the couple, in the incoming, uh, the, in the coming weeks to see what happens here. And then before you know it, it'll be players, pitchers, and catchers report at the uh, sometime in February or March, and season gets going. So it should be interesting, though. Anything else for sports? That's that's it for me for baseball and sports. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, let's move on now to the musical segment of the show, uh, sports and songs. Of course, each episode we do a segment on sports and songs, where we review an album, music, concerts, tours, updates, and various things. Um, so what have you been listening to this week, Dan? Well, well your this, album this, of the week. My album of the week this week, you're here for the listeners, is, is Tesla, the great radio controversy album, 1989. Uh, you listened to that uh, back in the day? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. So Tesla is interesting. I do remember that when this thing came out, uh, this is the second album by rock band Tesla, released in 1989. Um, their songs combine 1980s metal with some blues-influenced elements. Is I think that's it's one of the reasons I like these guys. Um, their first album was Mechanical Resonance uh, in 1986, but it was the hit singles from this album, uh, the songs Love Song, Heaven's Trail, No Way Out, personal favorite of mine, Hang Tough, and The Way It Is. All four of those songs received considerable MTV airplay 
and rocketed the band to stardom. Many tracks in this later on this album later received acoustic versions on their follow-up album, The Five-Man Acoustical Jam, which was a precursor of the unplugged trend. So Tesla started the unplugged whole trend that the band... With that saw. album, yep. That album really pushed it into, and the unplugged was just the, uh, you know, no, none of the uh, plugged-in electrical. It's a lot of the acoustical sets of these exact same songs, and a lot of bands went on to do that later. But this was Tesla kicked it off. The five-man acoustical jam, that's where they did their cover of the song Signs. Signs, signs, that. everywhere a sign. And that's, uh, and I liked Tesla back on the first album, but they really went mainstream with this great radio controversy. Uh, a lot of people, I think, also don't know the background or the meaning behind that album title. Uh, well, at the day, nowadays, the movie coming out with Ford versus Ferrari or something like that. Their te- first album had Cowboy in the Modern Day. Modern Day Cowboy, that was... That was our first album, I believe. Modern Day Cowboy, that, that was a good one. That took them, uh, that took the, you know, the folks in the, in the following music really liked that album, but then they went mainstream here with this one and really got things in, especially at, at the exact same time with MTV coming out with the uh, Yeah, because they were that videos. middle of the road. They weren't really all the hair bands, but they, but the hair band guys all liked them, you know, so it was that kind of, didn't know where to put them in what category. They fell in between, and like I said, with the blues album uh, recording and some of the elements that they did, it really was was interesting. Uh, Tesla is always at the, at the back at the same time also educating uh, people. If you read their liner notes and, and whatnot, uh, even the band itself is named Tesla after Nikola Tesla. And so this album is titled after the controversy about the identity of the inventor of radio. It is posed that Serbian engineer Nikola Tesla, whom the band is named after, is the true inventor of radio. While the Italian... Marconi took credit and is widely regarded as having the title of inventing radio is Marconi. But it really is Tesla. The album's inner sleeve recounts this story, and uh, they, they put a lot of this in- interesting information out there in the whole radio and, and Tesla's background as an inventor, and uh, this album called The Great Radio Controversy really is talking about that. This was recorded in 1988, released... February 1st of 1989, and it's 59 minutes long. It went double platinum. Do you remember getting this uh, album? I, 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 I had was, the cassette. I was one who also had the cassette and never knew what that album, uh, the title title meant, and it was confusing, but now it all makes sense, and you go back and listen to some of the other things that they've done. Uh, some of their uh, songs, in fact, go through from an educational standpoint some of the history of some of the inventor's yep. work. What I did to prepare for the show today was go to their website. And, of course, on their website is a link to the Tesla Science Center location in Wardenclyffe, New York, a nonprofit organization. And it talks about that location is actually built, uh, not not built, but the site of their 501c3 organization is actually on the site of Nikola Tesla's only, only remaining laboratory, that location in New York. And they've got a uh, foundation that will establish a global center that will preserve, restore, and advance Tesla's legacy of invention and perseverance through education and innovation. He also was back and forth with Edison, Thomas Edison, back in the day, as far as inventing electricity and the AC switch and things like that. And and uh, sadly enough, Tesla died, I think, a broken, poor man with penniless. And Edison got all the credit for all of this uh, information. But it is... it's. It's an interesting concept to take the band's name and to tie it in with a 
not a movement, so say, but before the band name Tesla, it was called City Kid. The name, that's where Jeff Keith came from, uh, the band called City Kid. Uh, Jeff Keith, another uh, one of my favorites, uh, the lead singer from Texarkana, Arkansas, best known for his band Tesla. And these guys have been around since the 80s, and uh, the late 80s, I should say, but never really took time off. They're recording to this day. I mean, their latest recording was 2019. So, And they, they also tour. They do the small casinos, on the smaller venues mm-hmm. and things like that. But uh, if you get a chance to see them in concert, Tesla always puts on a, on a good show. Anything else from you uh, as uh, far as music today? Speaking of music, speaking of bands that are still recording here now and then and come up with a new album, band I've kind of always liked from back in the 80s and kind of got hooked out by, I got an older brother, picked up from his liking of the music. A band coming out in 2020 is the band Heart and oh, yes. Nancy Wilson. Oh, yes. I'm a big, big fan myself. Nancy Wilson, one of our guitar players. If you get in the guitar players, he's... You listen to a lot of the guitar players from the 90s and eight, late 80s. They list Nancy Wilson as an inspiration and just being one of the greater ones. They've both kind of, both Anne and Nancy gone off, did some solo things, other band things, but they've still always kind of gotten together here and there for stuff. Um, if you ever look it up on YouTube, uh, Anne Wilson did some covers of uh, some Zeppelin songs when Zeppelin went into the... And to see those... See uh, Paige and Robert Palmer up there crying because she did such a good job because they were just so touched by it, just... She's a great vocalist. Nancy Wilson, great guitarist. Robert Plant. Robert Plant, thank you. And but, um, Jimmy Page, yeah, that's but very see interesting. The two of them up there. Uh, but Hart's got a new album coming out in 2020. They're going to probably tour. Uh, this is their 17th studio album. So they've kind of always stuck some in there here and there. You know, greatest hits with a few new songs, but still a studio album. But uh, So they got that coming up, tour in 2020. I don't know if it's going to be large venues like XL or Target Center or if they're going to do the smaller venues or casinos, how they're going to do it. They're just saying a tour right now. Uh, speaking of tours, one we've pushed here the last couple weeks, uh, Five Finger Death Punch is going to be in Duluth next week on the 12th. And I also heard this weekend that May 20th, they will be at the XL Energy Center with Papa Roach. So Interesting. Five Finger Death Punch will be lapping back around. So if you can't make it this weekend to Duluth, I know the weather's going to be kind of cruddy up there. If you're not already up there, go enjoy the show. If you're waiting down here in the city, it's going, it's bad weather, I don't want to go to Duluth. If you can wait till May 20th, tickets go on sale soon. Get them there and go see them down here at the XL. Papa Roach will be opening up. A uh, couple other smaller bands opening up, so it should be a good fun night of uh, some good music on there. I kind of like Five Finger Death Punch. They kind of do some covers of older songs, too, so they do a good job doing that. Uh, speaking of older songs, this week in music history, if you will, 1968, the Beatles' White Album came out. Oh, interesting. Uh, considered to be one of the more historic albums. It was the first one the Beatles ever did at uh, for Apple Label, their label Apple Records, their first one. And that's the album that had uh, Back in the USSR and George Harrison's uh, Well My Guitar Gently Weeps was on the White Album. Uh, that was kind of a, I don't want to say trend-setting album, but kind of changed the way some of their music was. Um, I really enjoyed the White Album. It's probably said to be the Beatles' best album. Uh, the name of the White Album, Metallica had the Black Album. Other bands have kind of gone off that same thing for that. And in 1991, U2's Octone Baby came out. And that had uh, one, and even better than the real thing on it. U2 had some good albums at the time. Octone Baby was good. Um, really, the Joshua Tree was their best album, I think. Uh, had a lot of good songs. That one. U2, uh, band of the mid-90s, Bono has got, I don't want to say political, but got on the political front with some, some of his stands that he's on. 
Uh, he's been known for, uh, I don't know if he's gotten the Nobel Peace Prize, but his name's come up for it. He's gotten into environmental stuff and history stuff. Um, he's a very smart man. He's not just some singer in a rock band. You know, people kind of give some of these rock band guys a bad rap. When they try to get on a purpose or a cause, they say, oh, what does he know? He's just in a rock band. If you listen to him, the man's very educated and knows what he's talking about. Um, not saying I always agree with everything he says, but I respect what he says because he's done his homework on it. But uh, U2's Octone Baby in 1991 came out. The Beatles' White Album in 1968 on this day. Interesting. And once again, it's uh, this day is December uh, 7th, 2019. Anything more on the uh, musical song front? No, no. Just if there's anything you guys, you know, we, we kind of talked mostly the 80s hair bands or rock bands here a lot. That's kind of our genre. But, you know, we mentioned, you know, Heart here. We talked about the Beatles, U2, other, other rock bands. Um, like Dan mentioned earlier, a lot of the blues influence in that type of music, too, is just kind of, if you listen to it, if you listen to older blues stuff, go outside the box, listen to it every now and then, you'll hear the same guitar riffs in there, the same melodies in there. It's very interesting to kind of, I don't want to say open your mind, it sounds like I'm being my father now, open your mind and listen to other stuff. But there is other things out there besides just this, but it's the influence from it, so... Yeah, it all interweaves in, and feel free to leave your comments below the episode here, along with any requests or suggestions or questions that you've got uh, for future shows or ideas. Um, so feel free to do that. Share uh, uh, share with your friends, and we'll look forward to the next show. Should be next week. Uh, next couple weeks we'll do shows. Uh, probably the week of Christmas and New Year's will be off. Maybe just do one show in a two-week period somewhere in there between holidays. But if you've got any suggestions, things you want to talk about sports-wise, you know, if you're just not here in Minnesota, that's where we are, so it's going to be all local stuff. But if you're listening to us out in California or North Carolina, drop a note to us on the Facebook page or Twitter or something going, hey, why don't you talk about the Tar Heels or talk about, you know, the Raiders or the 49ers more. Let us know. We will because this is kind of, you know, we want to talk about everybody's favorite sports team, kind of like everybody's hometown team, if you will. We want to make you feel part of it. Or if you just like listening to us because you want to hear that Minnesota accent again, too, that's fine. Exactly. Ofta. <laughs> Ofta, exactly. All right, well, thanks for listening. And once again, feel free to leave your comments below at the end of the episode. Thanks. <laughs>